are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. It's graduation season in our culture right now, and we are, um, among many families, celebrating graduates. Our son, oldest son, graduated from college last week from Washington University in St. Louis. We're very proud of him, and graduation weekend was wonderful. Lots of activities and events, and one highlight of the weekend was the commencement speaker, a man named Sterling Brown. He's an actor in some movies you might know, Black Panther, um, and there was a quirky, interesting movie a a, a year or so ago called um, Honk for Jesus. Um, And he's also on a show that a lot of people speak highly of called This Is Us. I haven't seen the show yet, but based on what people talked about, it sounds like a good show to check out. Anyway, he grew up in St. Louis, and he considered applying to Washington University in St. Louis, but he wanted to spread his wings and go to other places. So he ended up applying to and going to Stanford University out in California, which he referred to in his commencement speech as WashU of the West Coast, much to the delight of the WashU crowd that was there. So over the years, I've been to a lot of graduation speeches, and almost all of them are fantastic, and this was no exception. But the thing that was different about this graduation speech is like just about every other graduation speech I've heard, which avoids the topic of religion, Sterling Brown spoke very honestly and openly about his own faith and his own experience, and he even mentioned the name God and quoted the Bible in his graduation address to the class of 2023. He acknowledged his Christian roots, and he talked about the importance of living a good life, of trying to bear good fruit. He cited the gospel passage from the Gospel of John that says, by your fruit you will be known. So he encouraged the graduates to think about living a fruitful life, and then he cited one of my favorite scripture verses from Galatians, where the Apostle Paul talks about the Spirit of God and the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And he encouraged graduates to live in a way that might welcome things like this. And he, he, for me, the, 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 the focus of the speech was encouraging the graduates to, to listen, to listen, as he put it, um, to our intuition or the Spirit of God. (laughs) He kind of left it very open for people to interpret that listening however they wanted. And I think he did a great job in our world today where religion is so divisive, where the politics are so divisive, um, of honestly and with integrity talking about his own faith, his own tradition, where he grew up, but at the same time being very respectful, very humble, Um, towards other religious traditions and people of varying perspectives. It was really refreshing to see this, to hear this. So graduation is a time of transition, and we need good, inspiring words for those times of transitions. At graduations, we leave behind the familiar, we listen for guidance, and we continue the journey forward. The, The disciples that you heard about in our scripture reading today, they weren't really graduating from anything. It wasn't like they got a diploma for going to disciple school. Maybe they should have. I don't know. It was three years with, with Jesus. Um, but they were 
leaving behind the familiar, and they needed to listen for more guidance, and they needed to continue the journey, especially after the arrest and trial and crucifixion and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. It was a big transition time for them. Remember, Jesus had been with them for three years, for three years teaching them by word and deed about the good news of the kingdom of God, this new reality that Jesus proclaimed. He talked about God's love for the world and called his followers to live with a new sense of purpose, a new sense of direction. And now he's leaving. So how are they going to keep that sense of purpose and sense of direction without Jesus present? Well, he, um, he encouraged them in a lot of ways to uh, care for each other, to look out for people who are often forgotten, to be people of hope. And then, of course, he, with his words and with his example, he showed them what it means to take up your cross and follow. Jesus was killed because he was a threat to the political and religious authorities of the day, proclaiming himself as king instead of Caesar. And after three days, as we learn from our tradition, he was resurrected. We celebrate that resurrection on Easter Sunday, which we did this year on April 9th, several weeks ago. According to the Bible, after Jesus' resurrection... He continued to teach his disciples. He continued to equip them, to to show them the way, to lead them forward, um, helping them to take over, as it were, kind of like the riding the bike thing that Marge was talking about. So one of the best examples of that comes from John's gospel, where Jesus has this back and forth with Peter, the disciple who had betrayed Jesus, who who had denied Jesus three times. And Jesus goes back and forth with him and basically encourages Peter to feed the sheep, to take care of the flock, to, to, to take care of God's people, to continue doing what Jesus himself had begun doing. He's like he's reinstating Peter and saying, carry on, keep going, keep doing the things that you saw in me. Jesus physically did not stay on earth forever. The tradition tells us that it was 40 days For those of you who are math majors or connecting the dots, it's 42 days today since Easter, so or 43 days, I guess, and Thursday was technically Ascension Day. Some of you probably grew up in traditions where Ascension was a big deal. It's not a huge deal in the Presbyterian Church, but we're acknowledging it today, 40 days after the resurrection. So we're in this in-between time, in between the Ascension and Pentecost, which comes next Sunday, 50 days since Easter, when the Tradition tells us the Holy Spirit came to continue with the disciples in the, in the spirit of, of Jesus. So we're in this transition time between Ascension and Pentecost, right? Sort of this time of, of new things. And the text tells us that this, the, the, the scripture that Marilyn read for you, the disciples went to Jerusalem and they spent their time in the temple. To me, it suggests that they realized that something new was coming. They weren't sure what it was. They're on the cusp of something new. And they like... We need to sit down, slow down. We need to pray. We need to listen. We need to refocus. So they went to the temple and says they stayed there for a long time until the spirit came with power. Well, the disciples were in a transition time and not nearly to the same extent, but we here at Covenant Presbyterian Church are in a transition time. Our world's really in a transition time after three years of COVID. And our church is in a transition time with some staff vacancies. We're looking for an associate pastor and a full-time children and youth ministries coordinator. There's information in the bulletin. If you know somebody who'd like to apply, please contact the church office. There's your announcement for the day. 
Now's as good a time as any in our time of transition for us to focus and listen and prepare to be open to God's spirit to come anew, just like those disciples did in between Ascension and Pentecost. That's why I've renewed my invitation for all of us to be grounded in scripture and prayer. Some of you were here earlier this month when I made the invitation, I did it via email as well, to encourage everybody to spend a little time every day with God's word, maybe using a verse per day. I've been using the YouVersion Bible app. Today's verse was actually about the coming of the Holy Spirit, coming to give us peace. Well, I found that those daily verses very helpful, and I want to add to that another opportunity to help us together as a community find ways to listen. And that invitation is from now until the end of June, about five weeks, to encourage everybody to spend five minutes a day in prayer. Five minutes. Very doable. We have a whole lot of minutes in every day. We can spare five minutes or so. I suggested several ways, ten ways to, to pray in the uh, weekly email, if you saw that already, perhaps you know what I'm talking about, but there's a, and that's available on our website as well. Um, a lot of ways to pray. Sometimes people get very intimidated and saying, I don't know how to pray. Well, you could do one of many things. You could simply repeat the Lord's Prayer slowly, over and over again. Maybe you want to grab onto a phrase in the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes when I do that, I grab onto the phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You could just repeat that slowly, for five minutes or so, and let that be your prayer. You could also pray the words from a hymn or a song. Maybe something we sang here today becomes your prayer for this week. You could pray as you watch the news or read the news or scroll through your news feed on your phone, whatever it is, and pray for God's blessing upon people all over the world and in our neighborhood. And you could get a copy of the Pentecost prayers, the sheet that's at the back of the sanctuary. It's on the back of the prayer list. We've got several prayers for each day going through the week for the season of Pentecost, to pray for the Holy Spirit to come to be with us, to guide us, to lead us. Um, great opportunity there to pray. And yes, I know that we're not at the day of Pentecost. Usually we give you a resource or some prayers or something on the Sunday of Pentecost. We thought we'd do it early this year, get the prayers out there. So next Sunday when we're looking for the Spirit, we're already in a mindset of prayerfulness and being open to that spirit. So prayer um, is about, on one hand, like we do every Sunday, lifting our concerns to God, but it's also, maybe more importantly, about putting ourselves in God's hands, putting ourselves in a posture of listening and being open to God, transforming us, changing us, equipping us, strengthening us, giving us power, Prayer is about being alert and listening to God. In recent months, I've been encouraging our church staff and our church leaders, our elders, to be listening to God, to be prayerful about our church and specifically about our building. Some of you know that over the last year or so, we've had this huge project of getting a new boiler put in in the B and C wings of the building, air, you know, new air conditioning in Bradfield Hall, new heat for the building. It's very expensive. Um, very big process, very big reinvestment in our building. And so I've been prayerfully pondering like, you know, dear God, how can this building be a blessing to the neighborhood, to the community? Because it's a big building and we want it to be used. We want it to be used to make this world a better place. And I've encouraged elders and staff to do the same. Well, 
Not long after making that invitation, I was here one afternoon, I think I was the only one in the building, the front door I think was mistakenly left open, and all of a sudden somebody walked into my office. I was a little surprised, and we chatted a little bit, and he basically was asking me if we might be open to having uh, an Alcoholics Anonymous group meet at the church. And I thought, well, we already have two 12-step groups that meet here on Saturday, but sure, let's talk. So long story short, coordinating with Bailey in the church office, we now have two more AA groups that meet here on Tuesday morning and Thursday morning. So there are dozens of people coming to this church every week who are finding healing and new life. So that's pretty great. Thanks be to God for that. And at the same time, there have been other requests for educational use, for music use. Um, it's neat to see the scout groups that meet here in this church. They're going through something of a resurgence. As a matter of fact, the uh, Boy Scout troop that meets here on Tuesday nights is celebrating this coming Tuesday five young people who are going to become Eagle Scouts, which is pretty tremendous, including Ian Soderberg, member of this church, and his uh, dad, Mark, and his mom, Paige. So we celebrate, celebrate with them. Now, does, does this little surge in building activity, did that happen because we prayed about it? I don't know. I don't want to make that claim. I, I, I don't think you know, we can manipulate God like that. But what I do know in my own life is when I do take time to pray, to connect with God, to listen to God, things just seem to go a little better most of the time. There's no guarantees, but just I just feel more plugged in, more tuned in. And those coincidences seem to happen a little more often. Making a commitment to regular Bible reading, pondering the, the scriptures like the disciples did in that, that scripture reading you heard from Marilyn earlier, and making a commitment to prayer in whatever form that might be is really important for us anytime, but especially right now as we're in this transition in this challenging and strange time in our culture and in the, in the life of our church. One more thought. I've been reading a fascinating book called Leading Faithful Innovation, Following God into a Hopeful Future, written by some people up at Luther Seminary in the Twin Cities area. Let's hear it for the Lutherans, yay. And in, in essence, this book is an invitation for us to listen, for us to pay attention. And I've been thinking about that phrase, pay attention. You know, it's like when we want something, we pay for it. You know, we make, make that effort. So we're, we're asked to pay attention to our world, to pay attention to ourselves, to pay attention to God. In the chapter on, big chapter on listening, the authors make the case by saying, our most precious resource in the 21st century is arguably our attention, largely because so many entities are fighting to capture it. What we pay attention to and what we decide to ignore influences who we are becoming as human beings. Who or what are we allowing to shape us? Who or what is really shaping us? Who are we listening to? Who's guiding us? Who's directing us? There's so many distractions out there. There's so many possibilities. We have to be really clear and intentional about our listening and about where we pay attention. If we want to carry on with what Jesus began, 
if we want this church to continue to thrive, if we really want to learn God's love and live God's love, if we individually out there in the world really want to live lives of meaning and purpose and joy and hope, we need to pay attention to God. Please pray with me. God, thank you for the gift of today. Thank you for the gift of new and abundant life that you give us in Jesus Christ. Show us how to welcome this life and show us how to really live. Teach us your ways. Guide our steps as we follow in the way of Jesus. Amen.